Good news, everybody. Uh, you're pexing with the legends. And we're here, your editing team from thegamer.com. My name is Eric, and I'm excited because, uh, you know what? The end of the Broken Ghost was exactly what I wanted it to be. I'm a happy mm-hmm. boy. I'm Lumbago. My real name's Whitney. I am also pretty pumped about how everything turned out, and I'm really, really excited to talk about it with my buddies today. I'm right. Andrew slash Finn. And uh, yeah, they actually did some cool stuff at the end of the at the end of the quest here, and I'm also excited to talk to my good friends on this podcast today with you. <laughs> well, we're all so excited. Um, let's get right into it because it's like a huge lore week. Pretty much everything we have to talk about uh, is about the end of this quest. Um, so we finished the artifact. Uh, we have our final hunt, uh, which I liked a lot. Actually, it reminded me of some of those earlier hunts that were uh, interesting, and it gave me it gave me an idea of like uh, some kind of limited game mode or something where you could where revenants alt put you into that super fast like one hit melee uh, mm-hmm. revenant form. I think that'd be really cool because it's so fun to like run around and slide and punch people and you know flail at them in monster form. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Although it is kind of a weird, like, uh, evil revenant showing up just for that one chapter and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna help you out," <laughs> you know, that was pretty weird. Let uh, the power flow through your veins. Yeah. That was like his last line. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. right, I guess that's what he wanted. <laughs> Here's some super speed as a parting gift. Like, who is that guy? Um, <laughs> but we'll see him again at, at Halloween, I assume. Um, but yeah, uh, running around in swamps, getting charged up. Not a bad one. Not a bad one to end on. Certainly better than the last few. What did you guys think? Yeah, I pretty much agree with you. Like, this was one of the the few that I feel like I was incentivized to actually kill every single Prowler, except for the evacuation where they, like, don't stop coming. Yeah. And they don't <laughs> stop coming. And they, I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, so I pretty much ran around in the in the Revy form, just uh, beating down those Prowlers for fun. <laughs> and, they, of course, the atmosphere in the Halloween world is always really cool you know swamps is a cool setting for like you know a lot of the water was like green you know all all sorts of weird stuff uh and of course just the fact that there was some minor dialogue from the evil revenant <laughs> because the normal revenant's not evil yeah. <laughs> and uh and just having a different objective right smashing through doors and various houses to get the totems i was kind of expecting that it would be something maybe a little different since you had to charge five pylons but you know, I can't have everything. It still felt mm. cool. The atmosphere was really cool. Yeah. Uh, it was just a better version of the hunt, like Eric was saying, kind of reminiscent of some of the first ones. So, yeah, that was a, that was a nice treat. Whitney, you liked it? Oh, yeah, definitely. I actually didn't get through it the first time. I was very embarrassed. <laughs> I, like, actually quit out because you do get an extra life. And then the second time, I, like, all I don't remember whether I died. Um, yeah, I did, actually, at some point. But I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating. That this should be so easy. But those things do so much damage if they hit you. <laughs> it, it was it was harder to play solo <laughs> for sure. I did octane just so I could run through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a good idea. <laughs> I also really liked at the very end when you get to the ship and there's just like a hundred of those prowlers around the ship. <laughs> that was pretty mm-hmm. cool. We haven't we haven't seen an ending like that. Um, so yeah, so we grab the final piece. 
And then we get into uh, the story chapter. It starts with uh, Bangalore providing Overwatch outside of Loba's ship. Uh, Revenant shows up for their showdown. But the twist is that Revenant wants to die. And, um, well, let me know. What did, what did you guys think of this, Andrew? You're, you're laughing. Very, <laughs> that's the way you said it. Revenant wants to die. Very Zoomer, <laughs> very, very Gen Z of Revenant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Very, I thought it was a decent twist, you know, uh, because you could kind of tell that the relationship between he and Loba weren't, wasn't so, it, it wasn't going to be cut and dry, like, and at the end, it's exactly what you thought it is. And he's just going to kill Loba. <laughs> of course, he had something, you know, he wanted to discuss. And I thought it was, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. If I'm thinking about uh, someone whose mind's been replicated and put endlessly into a bunch of, uh, you know, frames, uh, it doesn't seem that much of a stretch for the lore for, for him to actually want to die. And he's been alive for three centuries, I think he said. So apparently Revenant's really old. He's an old boy. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I kind of liked it. Um, I didn't think of it too much, aside mm -hmm. from the fact that, yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to just relive my life over and over again like a Groundhog Day scenario. So him wanting to team up with her just to see it through. Uh, and, of course, he revealed that in his programming, he's not allowed to destroy his own source code. Right. So they kind of covered their tracks with that one. <laughs> yeah pretty cool but that was um you know it, it was interesting to me because we've always known sort of that revenant was very very upset with his situation that was the whole glass out of the neck and him realizing that he might have actually been human right um that, that he wasn't who he thought he was there i'm sorry that he was actually a simulacrum mm -hmm. and that's why he was so angry and kind of like went on that rampage piece after that right because basically there, there was the massacre scene that we saw, and then he gets the, the glass stuck in his neck, and he sees his reflection, and he rips it out, uh, and then he realizes that he's been, like, in this robot form, and that was the sort of transformational moment. Mm -hmm. But we sort of understood that he's very, very angry about that having been what happened, and we can also imagine, you know, oh, well, they'll position him as this, like, crazy murder-death robot, but I kind of... I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this theory out loud, but I kind of guess that these two would end up working together um, just because they wanted the same thing, right? Uh, at least to a degree, right? Like, um, like, she wanted the source code, and we knew that, like, Revenant was interested in what she was, she was after, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that the way that they tied it together was really, really uh, interesting. And, like... I'm interested to see. We have all these voice lines of them hating each other, but like we'll see how it turns out if mm. they give us different voice lines that are like we're BFFs now. But he did still kill the parents, but like we're talking about mm. someone who doesn't remember <laughs> or know. But, but he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't know. Like he was programmed to do that. And like, do you have some amount of empathy for somebody who um was literally programmed to be a cyborg murder thing and you know, maybe they remember that memory now because they have all those years of memory, but every time it was like a fresh slate, so they didn't have any memories before or after, then all of a sudden when this like weird hiccup happens, they, the all 300 years come back and it's not just, you know, it's not just leaving 
you know, Lola with her parents dead on the ground, it's leaving like hundreds and hundreds of other people, you know? Right. So yes. it'll be really interesting. And I, I also think it was like a way to make someone, you know, uh, who was kind of um, like irredeemable. Like it was a really clever way to make them redeemable, you know? Yeah. Sympathy for the cyber robot devil. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I really liked that, that beat where he explains how that glitch brought back all the memories of all of his deaths and everything he had done. Uh, it kind of, I'm going to nerd out a little bit, but it kind of reminds me of, uh, angel getting his soul back in Buffy and having to relive all of the evil things he's done as a vampire. Anyway, we'll move on from that. Um, (laughs) So I like that a lot, and I really like the question that it poses for Loba. You know, like, if she uh, ultimately wants to get her revenge, is helping him escape his eternal torment revenge? Or is letting mm-hmm. him live uh, and, and suffer the real revenge? You know, is the worst thing that you can do to someone is letting them uh, live and suffer? Um, yeah, Loba's the real loser here because... Both options are pretty lame. For <laughs> yeah, her. yeah. Now it's just like, oh, you kind of, you kind of took this away from me, you know. And he knows yeah. that too. Like he's still a bastard, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I thought that that was, uh, that was a good turnaround. I also really liked the moment where he's like, yeah, why do you think I was breaking into all those Hammond facilities? And I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, duh. Like this whole time, I've been waiting to find out who he was working for, and it turns <laughs> out like it's just you know, Occam's razor. He was looking for his own source code. Like he was just doing what you'd think he'd be doing. You know, there, yeah. wasn't, there wasn't somebody like pulling the, str- the strings. That's just, <laughs> that's what he was up to. The same thing but that we're why up to. Did, but why did he kill Forge? No, we know that he killed him to get in the games. But, <laughs> but he was a product of Hammond, right? So it was also just to sort of like probably lash out at his anger as far as that goes. Yeah. Because we have to remember that that moment happened... Did that no, that moment happened before we got his backstory. So I guess I don't really know the timing of like that because mm. he was gonna be the new Rhett legend and then it ended up being Revenant after he killed Forge, which is I guess what he wanted. So it must have occurred after he had already had that glitch happen. So it wasn't like he was programmed to go in there for some reason and kill him. So it's like he almost turned against his 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 parents for lack of a better word yeah. but like the uh the the company that birthed him or birthed him as a mercenary or whatever i want to say that if you go back and read the chapters again there's definitely going to be some like narrative dissonance where it doesn't make sense that revenant's doing what he's doing if you know that he that <laughs> he wants the same thing that they do like where he's just being like phony evil for the sake of <laughs> subverting our expectations you know? It's just his hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, oh, well, I can get over that. Um, <laughs> so, Revenant... Sorry, can you hear that? No. Okay, good. Uh, so, Revenant uh, bugs out, and Bangalore drops in to, I guess, give some sympathy for Loba and gets a call from Gibraltar about finishing the artifact. And Gibraltar is like, you're not going to believe what we built and what we built. None of us could believe, especially Andrew, who doesn't even know who this person is because <laughs> he hasn't played Titanfall. Uh, Listen. <laughs> so the big reveal here is that the artifact we've been building this entire season is Ash from Titanfall two. 
Whitney, did this blow your mind wide open? Well, it was going to blow my mind wide open, but I think I mentioned early on that I read a spoiler. Wow, so late. Like an accidental spoiler. I was not like going out and seeking out spoilers for this. So, you know, just seeing a rabbit. Uh, Apparently, apparently one of the um, files, the data mine files was labeled uh, with the name. So I knew it. Like we just knew it. And there's, there's, there's some, some amazing things here. Number one, like, for anybody who thought that the Apex team forgot about Titanfall, right. Apex has not forgotten about Titanfall. Like Big they one hundred percent want us to know that like this is happening in some same universe. And I also think this is outside the realm of lore, but I also think that all those people who want a Titanfall three, I've said this since day one. I feel like they're gonna get it. It's not gonna be quite what they expect it to be, but I feel like the fact that we're merging these two worlds is something means that we're going to see something Titanfall like in the future. And it may not be this year, it may be like next year, but you can sort of see these worlds starting to come together. And for two fundamentally different games, I mean I feel like it's very, very hard to keep that through line going without giving, you know, uh, giving the people what they want, so to say. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, uh, you know, uh, the last couple of weeks we've been talking about all of the threads and how complex this story is becoming in this, like, just a very simple battle royale game. You know, between the lore pieces that we're getting through the hunts and now the bunker stuff with with crypto sister and the event stuff and like all these different pieces coming together. And then you throw in the entire Titanfall backstory. It's like, Mm. it's this really deep lore thing that they're doing. Uh, It's really fascinating. So we, we have a lot to unpack here. So let's get into who Ash is, right? So if you've played Titanfall two, Ash is the, uh, is one of the apex predators which is a group of mercenaries that are brought together by a guy named uh, Kuban Blisk. Kuban Blisk would later go on to create the Apex Games. Um, That mercenary group are the villains of Titanfall 2. You fight one of them at the end of each level. Um, Ash is a simulacrum. Uh, She was a pilot. She got turned into a simulacrum after getting mostly killed during like some war, some space war. And, (laughs) and she gets recruited into the apex predators by Blisk. Ash is the character that, um, that took down BD at the very beginning of the game. The reason that your character gets the Titan is because of Ash, right? So at the Mm -hmm. very beginning of Titanfall two, you find the like commander guy, and he passes BD on to you. That's because he got attacked by Ash. Mm-hmm. So you eventually fight Ash in, I think is the coolest level in Titanfall 2, the big factory. Um, if you, oh, yeah, that's right. It is yeah, cool. If you yeah. don't remember, it's like all of these city blocks are printed, like 3D printed, and they're being moved through this factory on conveyor belts, and you have to like wall run between these sections of cities. And then at the very end, when you fight the boss, all of the pieces of the city rise up like puzzle pieces and create this town that you fight in. It's mm-hmm. it's like really amazing level. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's Ash. So we defeat Ash. She self destructs that like factory thing and blows herself up. And we don't see her again in the Titanfall story, but we get more of her story in the multiplayer because she 
uh, gets rebuilt and she uh, joins one of the factions called uh, Vincent Dynamics. They're like a Titan and weapon manufacturer. And she starts leading their army or whatever against the remnant fleet, which is another faction. So there's not a lot of detail about that. Like she is fighting them. She thinks that they have answers about her past or her memories or whatever. Like it's super vague. We don't know why Vincent dynamics and remnant fleet are at war with each other. It's all like a little bit of like backstory through the multiplayer, but it's not very clear. But what we do know is that she eventually got split into pieces and buried in the shadow world of the, of King's Canyon. So it's like a huge leap. Like, not much to go on as far as I can tell, but Whitney, what do you what do you think so far? Well, just the first thing you said there that was very interesting is that we have we know two known simulacrums in the game, mm-hmm. and they both exist in the shadow world, which is really interesting to me. Um, but you know, in terms of like what we think is going to happen, so that's where they found the parts. But then you know, just to clarify, like they came back up to Pink's Canyon. Not the other universe. Like, it's, it's like, unless I'm wrong, but I feel like it's, like, today's King's Canyon. Like, we're, the world we're in, because there was the bunker and everything. And that's where we put this character back together. Right. So, we are bringing somebody who's scattered in this underworld back to the overworld. And that's something I'm not a little clear, I'm not a little unclear on, but hopefully we'll see how this all puts together. But I'm just, like, wondering if this, like, other world exists specifically for sort of, like, simulacrum work or something like that. I have no idea. Anyway, um, the other thing that I just wanted to say is the implications of this are huge. It's, like, the speculation can range from, are we going to see Titans, you know, knowing this person's background? Uh, Is Ash going to somehow be a playable character? Uh, There's, like, a lot of stuff here, too. I mean, um, I think that at one point we learned, and I might be wrong on this, but I think at one point we learned that Wraith was a former pilot. So it'll be interesting to see if they, like, like... If uh, Ash has any context to, to to who Wraith is, or like how how Wraith exists or lives, or something like that, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, I think that it's going to be really, really, really cool to see how this all plays out and what it means. Um, but there's another big piece too, which I'm sure you're going to get to in just a second here. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so we realize who uh, Ash is when we finish building here, and I. I'm sure that more uh, astute Apex players figured this out sooner um, because she's another simulacrum in the story. So they could have guessed it from that. But also the title of this week's chapter is Ashes to Ashes. Or is it Dust to Dust? I don't remember. Um, Well, both of those phrases are said by Revenant at once. But I think you're correct in that Ashes to Ashes by itself that is the title yeah and that's a that's a big clue in fact i think when you finish that level in in titanfall 2 the achievement you get is called dust to dust or ashes to ashes Mm. one of those two so um so it was probably pretty obvious to some of you uh but we're (laughs) ding dong so we didn't figure it out until they, they spell it out but uh it is really exciting to see more than just you know like octane is such a cool nod to titanfall you know, because I don't, I don't remember if we've talked about this before, but his like sort of backstory was he, that he lost his legs uh, rocket jumping, and that yeah. that comes from that real life player that 
that uh, did that speed run on the training level by by rocket jumping to get through it. Good old cash mayo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's stuff in Apex that's, like, a cool nod to Titanfall, but bringing Ash into the story of Apex is, like, no, this is a Titanfall game. Like, this is, like, deeply rooted in that story, and it's continuing that story from Titanfall. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, pretty wild, and now there's, like, so much to dig back through because there's a lot lot of Titanfall lore. so did anybody else get like a GLaDOS vibes when you first walk in to rebuild Ash? Right. You know, like <laughs> Yo, totally. the way she's glitching out. I was, like I was just right in portal again, like in that room. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to have to fight GLaDOS. Like <laughs> I need a portal gun. <laughs> so so after you read the lore, you jump into the epilogue, which was playable, which for some reason I didn't expect. I thought it was gonna be another story chapter. Yeah. But it drops you uh into slums and you make your way to that fourth bunker that i've been talking about for weeks and weeks <laughs> so yeah. hyped to get in this bunker and it was so freaking cool it's yeah. this, it really like, was, it was huge labyrinth sure. bunker the sound design is crazy mm-hmm. loba's in your comms but then she starts cutting out as you get deeper into the bunker and it just feels like it goes on forever and yeah, it forces you to walk too. Yeah. So you really drink everything in. The atmosphere is really powerful. Yeah. And then you finally get to what's like the main chamber of the bunker. And it's it's all destroyed, just like the rest of the bunkers. It's long since been abandoned. And t- mm-hmm. apparently taken a lot of damage, probably just from all the warfare that goes on above ground. Constantly just <laughs> missiles hitting the ground right above it. Um, Bangalore again. <laughs> yeah. And you find Ash's body all plugged into this crazy rig. There's all this like these energy pools of like electricity or something all surrounding her. It's an awesome scene. And uh, there's like a cinematic. Octane puts her head back on. She like really creepy like the grudge or something like comes to life like the ring girl Mm -hmm. and (laughs) says a lot of things that i'm gonna read now (laughs) it's all gibberish and it's super long and this is probably a terrible thing to do on a podcast but i'm gonna read all of the nonsense that she says when she comes to life okay all right here we go do you hear me pilot Alpha gate 37 49 23 9 hike who doesn't like ice cream Every kid likes ice cream. Betagate, Tango to Quebec, Juliet 8 Romeo, Oscar 1 Whiskey, Dorado, Darien, Failsafe, Failsafe, Who's Got the Failsafe, Deltagate, comma, Niner, question mark, Ambersand, 4-5, period, Deltagate, comma, Niner, question mark, Ambersand, 4-5, period, ah, just a wee bit of betrayal before breakfast, eh, dearie? <laughs> Gammagate, 5 across, I'm not even halfway done, 5... <laughs> Five by five, six eight two four one zero eight six nine two four four two zero eight one 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 nine five two seven eight one one x. X equals the temperature of the negative space, not the specimen itself. Do you fear me, pilot? Alpha gate thirty seven forty nine twenty three nine hike. All roads, all roads lead to Branthium. Ashes to ashes, ashes to ashes. The path ends here. Welcome to Olympus. So, I mean, obviously, you guys get it. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, don't really I mean, need to go in. Yeah, we don't really yeah. need to go in. It explains itself, so we'll just move on. <laughs> um, after that. The ice cream. The ice cream? Was, let's well, hold, ice cream let's hold in on the ice cream. 
Can we just talk <laughs> about what flavors here? We All kids love she ice could cream. be talking about. That is Listen, the cake is a lie. All kids like ice cream. This is this is Portal. We're in Portal too. Okay, don't forget this. There's <laughs> this way more crossover. Portal happening. universe. It's not just Titanfall here. <laughs> but I am so curious about like what that one means because it didn't seem like there was an obvious explanation. So maybe it's leading up to something, and it could be as simple as the fact that like Mirage likes pork chops and Ash likes ice cream. Like right? Yeah. But uh, more likely. <laughs> Um, there's some underlying it's code word for something because that's the way this works. All those numbers, they mean something. I'm still trying to figure out the way to get into the actual Hammond Robotics website. Website, There's a like a little admin code you can answer. Yeah, go to Hammond Robotics right now. No. You got a bunch of numbers. To... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure somebody's tried that for sure. Yeah, um, but we should still take all the credit if it's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, but so the big one. I was just going to add that oh, this game is like full of puzzles, stuff like that. Like, so, you know, there are people in the lore world who will be working these out, trying them everywhere, yeah. trying to figure out exactly what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course. And I think people are already hard at work, but I think so far this all kind of sounds like nonsense to everyone. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of it. <clears throat> there's a lot of numbers <laughs> and there's some names. And so once the scene finishes, we have a text chat uh, between Lifeline and octane right mm -hmm. yep and AOL instant messenger and there's two details from this that they're really focused on the numbers themselves the numbers scare them mm -hmm. and the names yep the two names are duardo and darion and those are not names we've ever heard before in titanfall lore so those are those are the the two names that they're worried about but what we also get from this Big takeaway from all of this is Olympus. Mm -hmm. Olympus mm -hmm. is the home planet of Lifeline and Octane. And all signs would seem to point that season six will introduce Olympus as the next map in Apex Legends. Let's get yeah. a round of applause, folks. Let's go. Space, Let's go. Baby. It's Olympus mm -hmm. is an asteroid. Um, <laughs> I, Isn't it a city in the sky, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, like, isn't it like... Not as much a planet as it is a city in the sky, something along those lines. That was, and you, yeah. you know, that loading screen, Battle Pass 60 something that I was trying to get and eventually revealed that I didn't have the Battle Pass. <laughs> well, that loading screen is Olympus, apparently. So, yeah. So, the one other thing we know, well, there's a lot of stuff we know about Olympus, but the, the other important thing is that that is where Loba's parents were killed. So, Ooh. so that uh, cinematic that like dinner party and stuff, that's Olympus. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think I said last week that like, whatever the artifact turns out to be, like my number one would be new map. And they yeah. like, they heard it, they scrambled. <laughs> you know, they were like, we it gotta- just for you. Yeah. The legends have spoken. We like, gotta get a new map in the game. They are the people's voice. Let's throw it together. Um, but like, yeah, huge. Like nothing- Nothing is bigger for a battle royale and especially Apex than a brand new map. Um, and I would say too, really quickly too, um, at the beginning, I remember I specifically pointed this out that there was a split second where they pointed to like another facility on another planet, which is where Revenant was located or Revenant. Revenant. And I don't remember whether that was like the Olympus facility or what I, for some reason, Santhame 
is like sticking in my head, which is something still totally different. Hmm. So I'm just telling you, we're not done yet. <laughs> no, not by a long shot. Yeah. So this is definitely one of those more questions than answers. Um, yeah. And, and made makes, makes the world of apex so much bigger. Mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I guess let's just spitball for a second here. Like, what do we want to see in a, I, I'm going to take this as confirmation because if this is not a third map, they are dumb as nails because everybody is so hyped now. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they really framed it like there's a third map. So if they yeah. didn't understand that's how they were framing because Because in that voice log, uh, one of them, Octane's like, I'm not going back there, whatever. And then Lifeline's like, mm-hmm. I'll go wherever the games take us. So yep. like, okay, confirmation. Yeah, Olympus like is the next. last words of the entire then, lore section right. of Apex. Well, the the very end was the end until season six, so. and then in parentheses Olympus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So so let's assume Olympus is the next map. What do we what yeah. what does what does the third map of Apex need? Because to I, me, yeah, it seems like based on everything that I know about Olympus, which is not much at all, it's going to be very um, high society, you know. High-rise buildings, futuristic stuff. Uh, I, I think I saw some concept stuff regarding Olympus, and it was all really cool, like very urbanized. Uh, you know, not to draw comparisons too soon or anything, but almost like the hyper-urbanized ur- uh, sort of feel of hyperscape, mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, but Apex, which is... I'm Like, even though it's really trendy right now, like, you know, obviously cyber. 2077 and all this stuff like to have this sort of cyberpunk like futuristic hyper urbanized environment i'm kind of into it like i i because i like what respawn does with stuff and i would be more than happy to fight an environment like that especially if it's like a city in the in the clouds you know cloud city star wars any of those vibes i'm happy with it yeah let's go yeah yeah Uh, i mean go ahead i feel i feel like um since day one we sort of saw original King's Canyon. We'll call it Vanilla King's Canyon, but we did have good old Skull Town. Um, and my imagine, like I imagine that, like they'd been working on like new new zones or new new maps from pretty early on, like maybe while the game was still in concept, right? Um, but what they would have learned from that is that they needed more cover in certain areas, and people like more buildings and things like that. So. When they gave us World at World's Edge, and I just remember being so pumped on that trailer and just seeing, oh my gosh, there's a snow cap area mm-hmm. and there's these crazy buildings. And then um uh then in the middle of something we got a planet harvester that just like ripped the planet whip lip the zones in two and like just constantly cycling. And then the new areas of uh King's Canyon are also very like um I want to say like tech heavy or like there's a focus on like that aspect of it. There's buildings, they're more developed than before. So it doesn't actually surprise me to sort of see this progression and all of a sudden we're going to see something that would be like like a lot of ver- verticality um, and a lot of like uh, just just cover like ways that you have to creatively like navigate terrain. I'm, I'm saying terrain in like a loose sense, right? Um but I, I mean, I think it's good. And I think that we've seen more of that in Apex across the board, really, right? So it'll be nice to 
to have another place to go. I guess I'm curious about what's going to happen to the other map because it's not like Worlds of the Edge just decide to stop disappearing, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's another big question I have too. I think you can imagine that when a new map gets introduced, the playlist will be only that map for mm -hmm. you know at least a couple weeks. Just like how this season we had big Kings Canyon changes and we, then we could only play Kings Canyon for the first two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, but then after that, like, do we start a rotation between all three maps, you know, uh, or do we have separate playlists, uh, or do we take one of the maps out for some time? Um, there's a, there's a lot of different ways they can go. I don't, I don't know. I, I personally, I feel like rotating through three maps would not be the best option. Yeah. Um, I'm also gut instinct against that. I feel like that they should do some split testing. I personally would like to have the option to play on two maps and then they can gather data and then put one in, place another, get some data. Not that I want like one map to go away forever, but I, I agree with you in that like rotating three maps seems like it would be spreading things too thin. It's know. honestly a good idea if they want to adjust and give us like world's edge remodeled or something. Like, they wouldn't call it that, but like, all right, let's just pull it out for a little while. We can work on it. We can fix it. We can fix the glitches. We can add new things. We can, you know, adjust the terrain a little bit. And it doesn't have to be in the game. Like, we can actually put it, work on it in a dev environment, you know, <laughs> which is apparently much easier do, to do than pushing out um, uh, updates on the fly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's far more likely we'll see a map go away for a certain amount of time, maybe half a season mm -hmm. or something. And then come back. You know, um, this season was all about Kings Canyon. Um, mm -hmm. And my cats are fighting. Last season, <laughs> last season uh, had a lot more stuff going on uh, on World's Edge. So, um, you know, if we're getting a new map next season, are we going to see a th another season where World's Edge doesn't get any love? Because that seems kind of... Uh, a little bit off too. Like we, I want, I still want to see changes for World's Edge. I still want that map mm -hmm. to evolve, and I'm cool yeah. with with Kings Canyon going on the back burner, uh, yeah, for a while. But all we all have to also keep in mind that season six will take us into October, right? Because season six will start mid August. So yeah, yeah. so if that takes us into October for the like Halloween event. We, I suspect we will be coming back to Kings Canyon. Um, mm. But that's to totally an assumption. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That'd be cool, though. That would work out really nicely with the timetables. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as for Olympus specifically, I've wanted a more urban, a strictly urban map for a long time. Uh, there's obviously, there's some elements of that. There's some zones in, in World's Edge that is like, high-rise buildings and stuff they're kind of like scattered and destroyed um but you know what like after playing hyperscape and seeing how uniform that map is like when when you fill a map with tall buildings it kind of just looks like everything is tall buildings mm -hmm. obviously yeah. apex has a very different style and they will approach it totally different but um and there there are titanfall maps that are very urban but they're also small uh, yeah, that's the thing is like, I totally agree with you. Like when it comes to what I want and what excites me, I was like, yeah, man, a full urban map and stuff. And then Hyperscape came out and it was pretty much that. Um, and But like everything looks the same. Everything looks the same. 
but at the same time, that's why I'm like, I, I almost have more confidence in respawn because they do such a good job making each POI super unique. Yeah. So even if the overarching theme had to be like all urbanized, I really feel like that they would shine in what they always have and that they know how to make different sections of the map stand out and have their own exact feel and flavor, even if it all is united by that underlying urban, hyper-urbanized feel. I, I feel like they would do a good job because I can't imagine Respawn releasing something that would look like hyperspace environment because all those POIs don't stand out visually like right. they're all they just have different names that's essentially I was it just thinking toward what you're saying like the first thing I was going to say is like what if the new planet is just like the Mirage Voyage but like a bunch of them like next to each other no I'm just kidding <laughs> that would be um, cool because they could maybe that could be part of it right like Starport I, would be one of the POIs and it would yeah. just be a bunch of docked ships they're like that's the thing that they're good at at least seems like they're really good at it with the first two maps. Yeah. So. Well, and that's actually what I was going to add, too, is because I think of, like, my favorite places to drop, and it really is, like, Octane Skate Park and um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Wraith, what I would always call Wraith Portal Zone, but the labs. Um, and uh, and uh, what's the one you just mentioned? The Mirage Voyage. And ones that, like, really just have a lot of, like, unique flavor to what they are. Yeah. And I think that that and obviously those those points of interest are fun because they're sort of a contrast to what some of the rest of the areas of the map are, but it will be interesting to see how it all plays out um on a new place now that they have all this data and feedback in terms of like what people are really enjoying and like the different like locations and zones that people have a lot of fun with. Yeah. So I could, I'm, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I could also definitely see if, if it is going to be a skyscraper like, uh, you know, like a major metropolitan city, then uh, I could also see um, like geographical divisions of um, like class and you have like a slum area mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. city you know, and divide sections of the city up. And because they're, the other thing they're so good at is telling a story with the environment. Wait, wait, wait. We just mentioned that the world, and I don't remember where this fight took place in Titanfall, but this world weird crazy map that you said was your favorite, which is where you fought Ash in Titanfall 2, yeah, yeah. right? I wonder if Olympus has some some bearing on that. I really have no idea, but that's an interesting thing to explore, to think about to see if we'll see some of that influence yeah i and part of me wants to go and i w i actually will do this is go play a bunch of Titanfall two maps and see so that, that we can see if there's like a lot of influence in mm -hmm. the maps we already have and like maybe project onto what olympus could be because the mm -hmm. the Titanfall two maps are so cool and they're very varied they're they're all very different um yeah as mm -hmm. an apex player i feel like it's now definitely time for me to it's time <laughs> get Titanfall 2. I mean, I played Titanfall 1 when it released a long time ago, but I think it's time. I was already convinced just knowing yeah. that its campaign <laughs> is so incredible and short, so there's yeah. like no like excuse to not do game. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's also so now, like now I have $6 or something. Uh, maybe it's more than that, but it's like under 10 <laughs> Yeah, I think I picked it up for $4 during the last <laughs> sale. I'm pretty sure it's $4. I'll have to check my bank account, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? If it's really that much of a stretch for you, I will loan you $4. <laughs> you can chase, borrow so. it. <laughs> um, wow. No excuses here. So, okay, but that is not it. We are not done with the lore dumps this week. Mm -hmm. What? Because another bunker opened, 
and we got our message from Crypto Sister, number three out of three, uh, which, if you ask me, kind of ties into what what is going on with the hunt. Um, basically, it's pr- it's pretty short. She explains that she hacked her way out. She was uh, captured by an unknown entity, I suppose. And is it the syndicate or no? Did we establish it was the syndicate? I think so. I think you're right. It's likely, but we don't. I don't think we know. I guess in a way, the syndicate is an unknown entity, right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she hacked her way out. She managed to escape. We sort of already knew that because of of the trailer for Lost Treasures, right? Because she Mm -hmm. comes over Crypto's drone and talks to him and warns him. But she warns him again in this uh, audio clip. And what she tells him is that all of this is run by one person, and that person is watching crypto from the inside. That's what she says. Uh, fascinating. Whitney, what's your take? Well, I mean, immediately. We, we already know it's like a known thing that the person who started the Apex Games and who runs the Apex Games is Blisk, right? Um, but what we also know is that we haven't seen Blisk in a while. So if, it's my understanding that we haven't seen this character uh, for some amount of time, over a year, if I recall correctly, since, since, since the day that, like, what we know as Apex Legends began. He hasn't been seen since before that. He has been missing, um, yeah. Yeah, but um, I mean, you have to think about the fact that, like, they can't just randomly keep adding new characters willy-nilly, because I talk like that, I guess, say willy-nilly and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) But um, They can't just keep adding new characters without having some context or subtext for, like, who they are, right? So if it's someone on the inside, it's either someone that we know or someone that we know of, right? And there's Blisk. I remember that some of the documents were signed by someone um, someone called Q, if I remember correctly. Maybe that sounds right. Mm. Um, there's a PR person we know about. There's the um, there's the reporter that we've seen. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been around a little bit. There's the person that Octane went on the, on the date with, Yoko. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really only looking at a handful of cast of characters that we either know or know of their existence, yes. right? And again, we got these two new characters in that were mentioned by Lifeline and Octane, and I'm very curious to see where that goes, but I think we're going to find they're somehow related to, um, you know, Bangalore's brothers all went missing in action and they sound like 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 possibly male names, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, all this to come full circle to say, like, <laughs> what does this all mean? Um, I guess that, I guess I would say that it's super exciting. And I forgot what the original question was, honestly, but I'm very excited <laughs> uh, about, oh, who, who I think it is. That's right. Blisk. So um, the re- that's one of the reasons that I think that that's who it is. Because he is the most inside person uh, in the entire thing who hasn't actually made an appearance yet but we know he's lurking he know we know he's involved somehow we know that he has a huge stake in someone having the algorithm for who's winning the games mm-hmm. you know um which makes me think it's like him instead of someone who else someone else who's like an actual legend yeah um either that or it's forged and he's still alive so. <laughs> stop it <laughs> um yeah so so my mind went to Blisk too, because uh, 
mostly because of Ash. Because as soon as we, mm. as soon as they were like, oh, we're going to bring like the Titanfall 2 story up to date, I started thinking about Blisk and how Blisk is missing. And now somebody is secretly watching crypto and, and doing all these things. And it seems like there's all these threads, but it's probably safe to assume that these threads are, are more tied together than it seems right now. Um, and that Ash, Ash's body being in that bunker and crypto being watched and us going to uh, Olympus are all connected to Blisk. That's, sort of where my mind is at right now yeah i mean I mean, and he's I, originally I love... a mercenary right mm -hmm. yeah well and it's interesting too because like i don't remember exactly like where it left off but like i don't know that like ash and bliss left off on like the best foot you know what i not mean not at all she blew not at up all the okay that's what i remember yeah. <laughs> oh yeah duh okay yeah all right i just wanted to make sure that my memory's right there so if we get these two other competing characters whether they come in this season next season or maybe blisk always runs the game and is never a playable character you know um but if we get all these characters in it will be interesting to see there's sort of like dynamics with one another in terms of that piece of the lore and the backstory as well. Yeah. Um, which is, again, why I love the writing in this game. Because it's so hard, I think, to make any kind of story into a battle royale. And the fact that they've done it in so many different ways. Like, storytelling is such a unique piece of what Respawn has been able to do. Um, that I'm just sinking my teeth into it, you know? Yeah. But you just feel like it's not enough. You just, like... You know, someone gave you like half an Oreo and you're like, no, no, I want the whole pack of Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, we also have to consider that now that we know the artifact was Ash, Hammond wanted Ash. Why does Hammond want Ash? Could it be mm -hmm, to get to mm -hmm. Bliss or find Bl or right. whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. um, uh, hopefully these are all things that are like the story is going to continue directly and not go off in a another direction. I kind of have like PTSD from Destiny storytelling. Uh, the way that everything sort of like builds up to a cliffhanger and then tells a different story next season that builds mm -hmm. up to a cliffhanger and then the next season tells a different story and you're like, are we ever going to get back to what just happened? Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I really hope season six jumps right back in mm -hmm. uh, to to this conflict between Loba, Hammond, Revenant, and now Ash. And by extension, Blisk, right? Um, that's the story that I want to see moving forward, for sure. Um, and I did just want to touch on the Octane and um, Lifeline thing, too, really quickly. We know that Lifeline, if I remember correctly, is sort of her parents are uh, – she's against what her parents are for, you know? Mm. So I do think it's interesting that, like – they seem to have some secret that's just between them mm -hmm. that they know from their collective childhood about this planet. Um, and what does that mean as well? So I'm very, very interested. And they've done a great job of solidifying those two as like buddies, right? Like just your childhood friend that you kind of like lifeline secretly hates him, but like could never also like get through the day without him. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> We all have friends like that, or is that just me? But um, anyway, but I'm like friends, really happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think that'll be a really interesting piece as well to pick apart and understand, like, 
what their shared narrative is and how that ties back to the bigger piece because we know it does i mean again i want to like sort of like i feel like we talked about this at one point but we're past act one we know who all the characters are mm -hmm. they can keep introducing them but like there has to be a good setup or a good reason at this point so uh i think we have like at least some sense of the primary cast of characters at this point yeah um yeah the more i think about it it's like we have so many different plot lines going on you know because mm -hmm, like besides crypto stuff like there was all kinds of little tidbits throughout this story with uh with all the different characters that there's uh there's more to learn about like pretty much all of them and the bigger mm -hmm. story um crazy crazy for a battle royale mm-hmm mm -hmm. true True. And I mean, again, we haven't seen that much Mirage. Like, where's his story going? I mean, we've seen a lot of Mirage, but we haven't seen a lot of Mirage lore. And that'll be really interesting to explore. We know yeah. a little bit about Caustic's weird secret history, but, you know, we learned a little bit more about him as a character and how's that going to factor into what happens. Um, you know, I'm just so curious about everybody. Yeah. So give us some answers, Respawn. Yeah. <laughs> So the the last little thing that we we touched on earlier, but uh, is those two names, uh, mm -hmm. Darian and Duardo, uh, not names we've ever heard before. But uh, my inkling is that uh, Hammond still wants uh, someone in the game. I think that especially after the events of this season, where the legends were sort of like let loose and we're free to just run around and do whatever they want and underneath everyone's noses, you know, like there, there was a lot of like subterfuge going on between the legends and stuff like that. But as far as like Hammond is concerned or any of the other forces and factions in the games, like the legends are just doing whatever they want. And, mm -hmm. and I could totally see, uh, Hammond or some, some other faction wanting to get some more spies and wanting to get some more hands into the game. And maybe those names, which we already know Octane is scared of these people. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe those are our characters that are coming and those are the uh, actual names of some code names we already know. Mm. Like maybe Nova or what are, what were some other ones like Rampart or whatever, you know, yeah, like maybe we part. actually already do know those characters. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Wow. I think that's likely. Yeah. it's. Uh, I think it's also, I mentioned the, the theory about related to Bangalore. Um, Mirage has a bunch of brothers too, right? Although I don't know if they're necessarily scary. Hmm. But I'm just trying to think of like the sort of family backgrounds of the people that we know um, to see if there's any tie-in. Because again, like, I don't think we're at the point where we can just randomly bring people in out of left field. Um I mean, we can in this in that scenario, but wouldn't it be really cool if it did tie back to somebody that we already know of, even if we don't really understand the context for why we know them, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So I am curious to see. Uh, maybe they just have a bunch of dirt on Octane. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's well, why he's so afraid, that, right? <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, Lifeline seemed less afraid, for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. Wow. Uh, ultimately, let, let's kind of do a wrap up here of the entire quest line. Um, sort of meets expectations, exceeds expectations, doesn't meet expectations. Uh, when you, when you, how do you, how would you like to sum up this quest line? 
I mean, the gameplay piece, once you understood what it was, that it, like, you know, personally, like, I would have loved them to be, like, missions, like, longer, like, you know, more reward-based, that kind of stuff like that. Um, but, you know, that aside, if you, once you realize, like, what they are, because they're really just teasers or, like, playable commercials or something almost, right? It's hard to explain. I feel like that really downplays the significance, but... Um, I feel like once once you got that, it was actually a really cool way to spread like the lore out throughout the course of the season and get a lot of story into the game without really having to just work within the confines of like teasers and like, you know, traditional like uh, cinematics or whatever. So I give it like, a, like, I don't know. Five stars for creativity, for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Execution, uh, I feel like there could have been, like, a little bit more glam to it. But I also feel like this is the this was an experiment. And if it was a huge disaster, I'm sure they would have been like, okay, we just want to scrap it. They didn't want to spend a ton of money on it. But if it's something that people are really enjoying, that's, like, the magic of a live service game. They can say, like, okay, well, we did this in this season. It's going really well, so we're going to make it even better next season, right? Yeah, totally. Andrew, how do you feel? Yeah, I would say it meets expectations. And if anything, probably slightly exceeds just in that I'm more interested by the end of this than done with it. So the weakest aspect was just the middle section of the quest, which, uh, you know, in and of themselves, they weren't very significant. However, the story and how everything ties in from just the quests alone and all the extra stuff that we're getting, like Crypto's sister, et cetera, et cetera, how that stuff all seems to be tied in and even tied into Titanfall is kind of cool too. Uh, I think is really engaging and pretty above and beyond when it comes to the genre of battle royale. Of course, they're not going the same direction as Epic when they're trying to work in mainstream culture, you know, like Travis Scott concert and stuff, but <laughs> they're doing this lore dive that you never get with battle royales. I think it's really, really cool. So I, now I'm like without any trailer hype yet more looking forward to the next season than ever before because of it yes. so to me that's a success and i think that they can learn from the stuff that wasn't executed super well hopefully if they plan on continuing some of this strategy to give players more access to lore and stuff like that so yeah i'm kind of i kind of have a positive overall view I mean, Apex Legends right now is a battle royale game, and I don't. I think that will always be the core of it. And I've said this before, but like, um, I think it has the potential to be something incredibly robust, right? And if you think about it, like a similar game, let's just use Destiny Two as an example. Like the first couple expansions were, um, you know, they were extra content and they build on like the actual story. And then the third expansion, they just blew you away in the terms of the amount of content and amount of cool things they added and ways to play and stuff like that. And I think that if they want to keep attracting new players and also they want to keep the players that they have, that's going to be the way to do it. So, of course, you know, for me, you really do want to see, like, um, is there a story? Like, is, does it branch out to, like, an, like a, like a PvE just, like, like, element that you can always turn to and play like in mm -hmm. destiny and these like sort of games um where the battle royale is the core but there's all this stuff happening outside where you can do missions and quests and accomplish stuff and you know get up on fire teams or whatever it is uh and maybe that's crazy maybe that's not quite it but we do know that they've added a lot of people 
to the staff over at Respawn just to support this game. So I definitely, they're making something bigger. What do they say? Bigger than the sum of its parts? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think this was prob- the, the coolest way to hype up new content of all time. Just mm-hmm. like a, a weekly engaging lead up to a reveal like this. I, I don't think I've ever, ever seen anything quite like this. And the the fact that the payoff for all of this like time investment is that um it f- for one thing is just like being engaged with the lore and feeling like I'm part of the story and I know what's going on that's really cool but more than anything it's like I'm one of the first people to know that there's a new map and I'm part of a community that's really excited for that and there will be casual players that see the trailer for Olympus in 2 weeks and they're hyped too but not in the way that we are right now because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. cause we were there when it happened in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I think that that, that way of introducing new content and making it meaningful, um, you know, because for, for everyone else, Olympus is just the new map, but for us, it's the next chapter of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, for, by us, I mean the people that are engaged with the, with the, the hunt. Uh, I think right. that's really cool. I'm really excited about that. I hope, that that sort of storytelling uh, to introduce new content continues. Um, mm. When I think about similar type games, you know, um, like Overwatch characters are usually all really cool. They have cool backstories, but every time they introduce a new character, it's like completely out of nowhere. They're just like, here's a new part of the story you've never heard before. And this is, this person's <laughs> from this place and that's, this is their story. And it never, it never feels like it's part of a whole. Yeah, exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. But with Apex, it feels like everything that gets introduced to the game is part of the story that's advancing. Yeah, um, and it feels like they have their fingers in so many different mediums to tell that story, which is really cool. Like, I I like the return to text. You'd never expect that in, like, a battle royale. Yeah. Where, like, to, to get as deep as you want, you'd have to do some dialogue section. That There's all sorts of stuff they've experimented. So, like, the storytelling aspect, there's, there's a lot of creativity in that. And to me, that's super interesting. Even if not all of it's successful, I think it's super cool that they're trying different sort of strategies to, to unveil the story. Yeah. I, th- I think uh, the worst thing about this, the, the new content this season was playing it. And that is <laughs> definitely a problem. Um, it, it reeks of like cut content. Um, which mm-hmm. which is unfortunate, but it also is something that can be fixed. I think it's clear that they have really good ideas and they just couldn't execute. Um, Honestly, yeah, I bet if they sold it as like in a supplemental bundle, like someone's paying for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, probably me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the um the one other thing I wanted to add is that like I see everywhere that it's just like um you know oh Apex Legends they should do a TV show they should do a movie. They don't need to. They've already built their cinematic universe, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they have. They don't have comic books, but they have, you know, the, the lore that exists online they built. They have the lore that exists within the game. They have the stuff that's ancillary that you have to know from the Titanfall stuff. So if you really want to get deep on that piece of it, and look, I'm not saying I'm opposed to an Apex, Apex Legends movie at some point, but I think it can't be digging up of like the stuff that we already have i think it has to be a new story not not like a new story i want to make sure that i i'm clear i'm clear but like it has to build on the world we've already created now 
Like, right? It's not just rehashing the events of Apex Legends. It's it's something totally new, you know? Right. So yeah, I think that but if, I, they already kind of have that with their long, long cinematics that are just gorgeous every time they're executed, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I uh, I didn't love the moment to moment uh, of the hunt, but I am no less excited for to see what they do next season. Yeah. Um, and I assume just knowing their history that it's going to build on these ideas and it's going to be better than it was before. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm totally, totally ready to do this all over again next season. Not fatigued. Although I have to say, I am glad that the broken ghost is over. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, it's I'm done. done. And I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. I need a break. They, those packs and stuff. Yeah. They got like, they got a dollar 50 out of me too. So <laughs> I did I yeah. five total. So that's 125 apex coins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did one a couple of weeks ago and then I had to do four this week. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Um, so yeah. So not too bad. Not too bad. It, as far as, uh, as far as the future of the show, I think that there are three weeks four there's four weeks left this season. And, uh, I think it's safe to assume that there's going to be a, a bit of a lull. So I can't say for sure that we're going to be back every week. Now, obviously, when we start getting trailers for the next season and there is new stuff to talk about, even if it's just leaks, we will definitely be back to talk about uh, stuff. But if there is just like if it's just business as usual in Apex, uh, we might skip a week here or there. Uh, Unless you want to hear me and Finn argue more about skill-based matchmaking. So. <laughs> yeah. Let us know in the comments. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, obviously we won't be able to announce that stuff ahead of time because one of the beautiful things about Apex is you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> um, but if uh, if a whole week goes by with, you know, no updates, no trailers, no leaks, no nothing, we, we, we might just – we might end up skipping a week here or there. Um, but rest assured that when when something happens, we'll be here, and we're definitely really excited to talk about it. Um, so that's that's pretty much it. Good week, good hunt, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, plugs, Whitney. All right, you can find me on Twitch, Lumbago, but it's B A E G O, like uh, Bay. For anyone else, that's that stands for. Uh, okay, boomer. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitch, and I also stream for the gamer a few times a week. You can see me on there. Just make sure you're following us on Facebook, which you are probably. I am Finn TTV on Twitch. Catch me there, getting cyberbullied by my audience. <laughs> uh, I recently moved to Austin, so I've taken a bit of a break, just a small one, but I'll probably be returning into this week or beginning. Still. Pretty much five days a week is about what I hit. Come on. Yeah. If you have ever seen uh, our streams on Facebook, you may uh, have seen that the content is a bit erratic at times. Sometimes we stream a lot. Sometimes we don't stream at all. But uh, what I can tell you is that we are back to streaming a lot. So <laughs> if you uh, that that is very much a variety stream. We play a lot of different stuff on the gamers channel, but, uh, we're pretty much streaming four or five days a week, uh, on the gamer, uh, this week, uh, you can go watch Whitney's VOD from today. She played crab fight. What is it? King, <laughs> King of crab. King of crabs. King of crabs. King of crabs. Big old crab fight too. Cra crab brawl. <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to be playing my new favorite game, Rocket Arena, tomorrow. Um, so check that out. And then, Andrew, do you have uh, some plan for the gamer? Yeah, I'm, I'm either going to be doing Ori and the Will of the Wisps, mainly because I talked to Gareth Coker, who, who composed the soundtrack. And that guy's awesome. And his music's amazing. And it makes me want to like share a little bit of that with our audience. So either that or a game that I haven't played yet, but I have in my library called Ato. It's just A-T-O. It's very small, small game. But one of our editors, Sam, reviewed it, gave it some praise. I'm really interested. They're both platformers. So either way, it'll be it'll be fun. And, you know, cool. Some cool stuff. Yeah. 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 We play a lot of Apex on there, but we also try to play uh, new stuff and, you know, introduce stuff that you don't uh, you don't always get to see. But it's usually uh, new. Uh, we're there, you know, almost every day. So come check us out on the gamers Facebook page streaming. Um, and then that's pretty much it. So until next week or possibly the next, let's just say this until something happens in apex, (laughs) (laughs) uh, very accurate. We will be back soon. Thanks for watching. Bye. Bye.